Hi, this is Carl. Welcome once again to the SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by my arch rival and good friend, <laughs> <Michael> <laughs> Hello. I call it co-opetition, not competition. Exactly. So it's so funny because I always talk about the community, the community, the community. And I actually had somebody call me out earlier this year and said, why are you doubling down on the community? And I'm like, because the community got me here, right? The community yeah. has, has literally been my family for the last 15 years. So what else am I gonna do, right? <laughs> so, uh, so Nigel used to be an MSP, sold that business, made hundreds of millions of dollars, I think. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> then went on to helping doing some coaching and some investing and some other stuff and created a community called the Tech Tribe. So why don't you fill in the other details I missed there? Tell us about your tribe. So our tribe is, uh MSPs, I came from a similar background to yours where um, I relied or I, I was helped heavily by our community and my ties into our community out here in Australia. And so I, as I was going through my journey of my MSP in the last couple of years of it, I was getting to the point where we had made a billion mistakes and learned a bajillion different things along the way. And I was helping some other MSPs out through their journey. And I realized that I was enjoying it a hell of a lot. And uh, so the writing was on the wall then that as I was setting my MSP up for sale, that I was going to be doing something helping other MSPs after that and looking around at different business models and different ways that I could do that. And the community slash membership slash coaching program was a good fit for that. So we've created a, a tribe called the Tech Tribe, which is MSPs all around the world, again, uh, where we teach them different things around how to run their MSP. We give them access to tools and training and coaching with me and a community. So very similar to... So a lot of the ones out there, we've all got our own little take on it. And as as we kind of alluded to there, arch nemesis is by, by paper. But in reality, the way I see these things is a lot of them are an and conversation, not an or conversation. You don't need to be saying, I'm going to only join Carl's community or Nigel's community. Right. You do both. And you get little bits and pieces out of each. And we, all of these communities are pretty low priced so that the, you can get the best out of all of the worlds out there. Well, that's, what I know, see. that's the key is that, how long does somebody have to work to pay for a month in your community? You know, I just literally, as we're recording this earlier today, just a few hours ago, I finished doing a webinar with CompTIA, right? Which is another community another that has its, its offerings and its spin on things. Don't flare. Courses and, you know, uh, and of course I work with ASCII all the time. So, you know, uh, Pick, pick a community, pick six of them. <laughs> 100%. I was just speaking last week down in the Australian SMBIT Pro community out here. And, uh, and, and there's overlap with, with what we do with them as well. But it, to me, it's again an and conversation. So tell me, uh, I want to spend just a couple of minutes. Uh, well, talk about what's inside your community. Like I, I click in, I put in my username and password. What do I see? Uh, me. <laughs> First thing you see, big photo of me. <laughs> no, uh, so we've got three main parts in there. One is our template. So we've got, we, we spent a lot of time creating some amazing templates uh, for MSP. So your typical managed service agreement templates, proposal templates, business continuity plan templates, uh, uh, IT, IT budgeting templates to help you budge, show budgets to your clients. Those type of things that are just helping you out in the day to day. Then we have training, training on different things to be able to do in your MSP. So one of the ones that gets a lot of traction is what we call our right fit call training, which comes with a worksheet. And it's, it's literally a nine to 10 minute process that I recommend MSPs use when they're triaging a new client. Instead of saying yes to every single person that comes in and then going out and doing that hour and a half, two hour discovery meeting out on site, I've got this 
nine, 10 minute call that we use a, this little worksheet for to be able to figure out whether someone's a right fit before you bother going and wasting time, their time and your time out in a meeting. And that's uh, a really so great little, idea. little bits of training and, and teaching like that in there as well. And last but not least, and it's kind of two prong is the community as well as there's a private coaching section with me in there where if somebody's got a challenge or they want me to critique something or they just want some, some help getting past a block or uh, looking at an opportunity in a different way, they can throw it in a little private coaching section and only them and I can see that. And uh, uh-huh. I help a load of people out in there getting past all sorts of different things that typically I've failed at a million times in the <laughs> past and then <laughs> figured out a way through some way, shape or form afterwards. So, right. Yeah, Very cool. So, um, I love the, the pre-screening because, you know, I'm a big advocate of weeding your client garden. But I'm I also, that from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also a fan of what I call the red velvet rope, which is yes. you, you don't get in unless you fit a certain profile, you know, that Correct. I want people who, obviously I want people who are going to pay their bills. <laughs> but, but more than that, I want people who put a premium on technology. I, want, I, right. I loved clients. Some of my favorite clients are ones who – separated themselves from their competition through the use of technology because they're guaranteed to say yes. You know, they, they know it's going to cost money. And, and so, you know, if you bring them the wrong thing, they'll say, that's crap, bring me the right thing. Uh, but if you bring them the right thing, they'll say, all right, sign me up. And so those are obviously the clients you want. Correct. And, and 95% of those clients, the pricing is the tiny part of their decision-making process. Right. Absolutely small. They're willing to pay a whole lot more to get high level quality premium support and being able to find those clients as you grow an MSP and, and weed out the ones that are just tire kickers or price. People that are focused hundred percent on price is a very important stage as you, as you start to scale up. Right. Well, it's interesting because the, the people who, who don't really care about the price, they just want the high quality first. They might do more interviewing and more screening before they hire you. Uh, but at the end, when you hear the question, so what is this going to cost me? You know you're good. <laughs> yeah. Because they've already made up their mind. It's just yeah. now, okay, what is it going to cost yeah. me? What is the damage now? <laughs> Who do I make the checkout to? <laughs> exactly. So uh, so my tribe, my, I don't even call it my tribe. Let's hear about yours. Your, my your community. community. See, I use uh, community. Um, so uh, it started with me thinking about how, how can I get out all of my content, all of my books, checklists, SOPs, all that. How can I get that all out there in a way where it's, it's, there's enough that people will say, yes, I'll sign up for that and, you know, pay the monthly fee because I'm going to get enough, you know, sort of guaranteed enough value out of it. So I am gradually putting all of my books in there. I think there are eight books in there already. And we're eventually going to put all formats. So we're going to have, uh, whether you use iOS or Kindle, or audio, or you want the PDF, whatever. We're going to have them all, all versions of all books in there, uh, as well as, like I say, all the checklists. We have, I don't know, six or eight classes uploaded already, and those are the like five or six hour classes with hundreds of pages of handouts each. So, you know, you normally charge a couple of hundred dollars for each one of those courses. Yeah, the, the classes sell for two fifty nine. There you go. You know, so. That it's like getting two or three months for free <laughs> just because yeah. of the value of the class. And then, um, so there's just going to be tons and tons. And I just checked today, as of this recording, there's just over $3,000 worth of downloadable content. And by the time this comes out, it'll be more. So, 
Uh, and then the other part is the community. I want to have people participate. Uh, we just finished a class on tuning up your LinkedIn profile. Ah, good. And the reason it fits with the community is that it wasn't just a training. It was a training with a small number of people. They all got to know each other's names and profiles. And we all went and looked at each other's LinkedIn profiles. And then we tuned up the pictures in the background and the URL and you know, the references and all that kind of stuff. And then the, the members of the class looked at each other's profiles and voted on a winner who ah, nice. gets a pop-up sign. <laughs> right? so, so the pieces are that we build community as we go through yeah. this. Every piece of it is geared towards improving your business. And at the end, you know, kind of the, the giveaway is also good for your business. So there's, it's all on track. There's no horsing around, you know, but obviously we get to know each other and we have forums where people can argue and, you know, discuss <laughs> things and ask questions and all yeah, that. Yeah. And they're just sharing the journey. That's what it's about. That's why even through that, that event, the LinkedIn, uh, well, let's call it a LinkedIn improvement program or whatever right. it is. That's an event that they've all gone through together and they've shared that journey together. It may be small, but they've now taken a shared journey. And that right. is a very important thing in, in and of course, society. It's recorded, so people who couldn't attend live can still go through and say, oh, there's a, there's a tip I can use and there's a tip yeah. I can use. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, we, we literally, like, open up the screen and show each other our profile. So we're, right. we're walking through, where do, you, where do you click to do that? Because, <laughs> you know, some of this stuff is very well hidden. Cool. There so. is such power in that, that kind of group speak and group think. Right, there. right. We are and, all in every – sorry, you go. Well, just as you say – it helps for people to know that you've gone through this. Like I fumbled around and it took me forever to change this or whatever. Yep. People want to know that all too well. Exactly. And that's the thing I say, this, this whole power of groups and tribes and communities and whatnot is incredibly important. Not only with people that are leading the groups like us, like you or myself that have been there and done a lot of that before, but also with just the incredible group think that is in these communities. And, and especially in our, our industry, every one of you MSP business owners out there are incredible problem solvers. You've built a business around solving problems. Right, exactly. And so that's why you, when you join these communities, you become parts of these communities, whether they're some of the free ones in some of the, the Facebook areas or whether they're, they're paid higher level premium ones like ours, you, you get access to this group think of amazing people. You do have to though take that in, uh, you've got you to be careful in some areas where You've got, uh, you've got some egos that come in, especially in the, the freer groups out there where egos come in and they, they're behind a screen and they're, they're throwing all their, their, their advice at things. Right. And you've got to be careful with that. But outside of that, there is some incredible knowledge that comes through these communities. Yeah, You know, it's funny. In the IT business, you know, we started out with all these uh, news groups and stuff where yeah. it was all text. It was yes. easy to have a fake name. Uh, yep. and there were all these flame wars. I remember oh, yeah. many years ago. Yeah there would be these flame wars where people would, you know, just get fed up and walk away and they'd be silent. <laughs> uh, and what's funny is Facebook has allowed everybody to do that, you know, using their real names. And so, yeah. but at the same time, it, it does irritate people. They're like, come on, I, I, I go to Facebook for entertainment. I come to Reddit for education. You know, mm. I want an environment where I can actually discuss this stuff. Correct. With people who have my business, not, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with dentists, but they're, they don't have my challenges, right? They, yeah. they are not going after my customers, uh, you know, so it's, yeah. it's good to have people in your industry who actually can say, oh, yeah. let me tell you how we solve that with technology. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, I did want to bring up the uh, a discussion you and I had in the last podcast that you and I did together, which is about the selling of the business and this sort of thing. Yes. Right now in the U.S., it's on fire. The, the right. multiples are ridiculous. Um, are you seeing that in, in Australia? We're not as much. The, the M&A space out here in Australia is a whole lot quieter in, in to, compared to the U.S. We hear a lot about the U.S. M&A structures and deals and whatever over there. But out here, it kind of happens behind closed doors a hell of a lot. The media doesn't pick, on up, pick up on it as much. And so you don't hear about it. So in terms of whether we're having explosions of multiples in terms of, of acquisitions, it may perhaps be happening. I suspect it's not happening anywhere near what you guys are having though over there. We, we always overdo everything here. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it always goes up and down in, in kind of waves, right? Sometimes yeah, you'll be over yeah. there and you'll be hearing these horrible multiples come out of deals and you'll be going, Ugh. Like, right. yeah. Exactly. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. But, and then you hear six times, six times recurring, six people getting six times MRR and right. oh, sorry, ARR and you're going, wow. And the thing is, that you know that if you've bought or sold a business, they're gonna throw half of that away, yeah. right? I, I, you know, when I bought a, another business, the first thing I did is identify the three clients I wanted to keep under any circumstances, yeah. and the 32 clients <laughs> to get rid of so that I could remain profitable, right? So that, that was the first thing. And so yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it is an interesting thing, but, but that does happen, and right. what yeah, you, you can't do is you can't think of it in terms of I'm buying your client list, right? Because that's not really what you want to do. You want to buy a business that's got a Correct. working model. Correct. Yeah. And live and without the owner. <laughs> yeah. And a team. And that was what, that, that really helped us in our, in our sale was that we'd set the business up mostly, I'm not going to say hundred percent, but mostly to operate without me and my business partner needed in the day to day stuff of it. We still had our little bits and pieces that we're involved in, but we had a, a good team and really strong SOPs uh, because I'd heard you drilling into me for many, many, many years about SOPs. And so I'd spent years building, um, or we as a team spent years building tons and tons and tons of SOPs in our business. And we hired some really good people and that helped immensely in the structure of our sale. So culture is an interesting thing because you have to have a great culture for the business to work well. Yeah. But how much does culture affect sales, like of the ability to sell the business, because you can't assume all those employees are going to be there forever. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's interesting discussion and it changes dependent on the size that we're talking about as well. So in the smaller, the much smaller end of the world, which is typically where a lot of us folk operate in, in the sub kind of $2 million turnover mark, uh, culture matters a little bit less because people don't understand it as much. When And, and the people that are typically buying us are buying us for client lists funnily enough and uh they 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 don't focus too much on culture because they've built their own culture in their business and they think that they're just going to be able to pull a client list into their culture and that's why a lot of deals also fail in our small end of the world in the msp kind of area under that two million mark because people forget that culture is a thing and a real thing and an important thing and if you don't get it right then you will lose those staff and they see that happen all the time and you'll, you'll cause problems with your own existing staff as well in your MSP. But, um, but once you start to get a little bit bigger and the businesses, uh, maybe you're talking about two, five, 10, 15 mil businesses, uh, MSPs, culture is, becomes even more important because the business still needs to operate as a whole. You try, typically people don't merge them both together at, immediately in one of those things. They try right. and either operate them separately or, or do something in it. And, um, or a private equity might come in and purchase it for some reason as part of a wrap up into something bigger. But, uh, but that's where culture can 
have a bigger play. Although in saying that, I've seen so many, so many big deals as well come apart just because culture wasn't taken into account in the Absolutely. M&A process. So it's- I had a client one time that they had about 50 employees. They were just under 50. And they were looking for some investors. And I remember the boss brought me in because I, even though I didn't, I wasn't an employee, I was his IT director. And so I sat in a lot of meetings. And so when he had a board of directors meeting to talk to one of these potential investors, uh, he was asking all these questions about whether that guy provides uh, health benefits to his employees, whether he gives regular raises, you know, how fast their internal network was. I mean, all these kinds of, I don't know, odd type of questions. Yeah. And then after he was done, the guy's like, we don't have to discuss this. I'm not taking his money. Let's just put away. It was an important enough for him to know yeah. that that guy didn't share his culture, yeah. his yeah. vision of how you treat employees. Yeah. He didn't want him to be part of the team. Yeah. So, and so when you see that, then you know you have culture. You know culture is right. important. And Yeah, exactly. You know, I think employees never have any question of whether or not you have a good culture. Bosses yeah. sometimes don't know, but employees <laughs> always know. 100%, 100%. There is always scope for improvement and betterment in there as well. And, uh, and learning to take the blinkers off and see that area for improvement is, is such a powerful thing as a business leader. Right. And, you know, it's little things like I always tell people, uh, in fact, I turn my camera over there at some point, but the branding is everything. I have that written out on my whiteboard. You know, branding is absolutely everything you do in your company. So the way that you onboard employees matters. Correct. The way that you teach your employees to talk to your clients matters. And, you know, some people think, well, you're just being a control freak. I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> but I do want to give a certain impression. Yeah, you know? correct. You've, you've gone down to a, a music store where everybody's covered in tattoos. And then you've gone to a department store where nobody has visible tattoos. And they're both, that didn't happen by accident. Correct. <laughs> Somebody right. is a, a brand of yeah. what they want it to be. And that brand personality is enormous. It's enormous in, in everything. It's coming up with a, a united front. And in our business, in the tech tribe, we call our, our way we communicate with, with the world and our people tribe speak. We've got a certain way about how we do things. And, and I'm continually talking to our guys about what tribe speak really is and what it, what it works and, and how it distinguishes us from other people and how it just gives us our own personal voice and our own personal thing that we, as a business, not just as me, but as a business, we all believe in and, and tie into. Right. And what's interesting is you have to talk about the us. You have to, yeah. you know, that's a part of the brand, a part of the culture. Mm. Uh, we used to have what we called the KPE way. You've, you've heard of the HP yes. way. Oh, yep. We had the KP Enterprises, the KPE way, yep. Yep. which was the way we deliver services, the way we talk to people, the way we build, the, you know, on and on and on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we talked about it in those terms because we wanted the technicians who came, you know, new employees to get right away that we've got a specific way that we do things, yeah. which may or may not be perfect, but it works for us and it, and it our way. helps us build our culture. Correct. Yeah, it's huge. It's, uh, and one of the, the biggest tips that I can give to anybody out there when you're building our way is don't build it in here and then tell your team what it is. Build it with your team. Sit with the team and say, hey, guys, we need to figure out what our way is. Let's come up with it together. And a team that solves that problem together is a team that's going to be heavily engaged in that solution right. in the long term. And, and also, don't stick it in a drawer. I, I, <laughs> I love going, I, when I do a new, you know, I do the roadmap meeting with clients. 
the first time I engaged with them, I asked them, so do you have a, a mission statement, a yeah, vision yeah. statement? And I can't tell you how many people say, yeah, it's around here somewhere. Yeah, we wrote yeah. it a few years ago and they're <laughs> flipping through paper and whatever. I'm yeah. like, oh, it, it should be on the wall. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. Yep. So there are some places, um, in fact, a few hotel chains where they literally have a, a brass plaque on the wall with, you know, their yes. vision or their mission yeah. statement. So yeah. uh, employees need to know that. They, they need yeah, to correct. be able to repeat it. Correct. And it's not fluff. We might, for the first five years in my business, I thought that stuff was fluff. When then I started building a culture and trying to remove myself out of day-to-day decision-making things. And I, I realized that having core values in your business is what's going to enable me to pull myself out of decision-making processes and let the guys know that they can make decisions exactly. based on our values. Well, I didn't realize that the yeah, first few years. You can't document 100% of all your processes. Correct, yeah. It, it was, we live it's in a possible. changing world. It's not possible. Yeah, yeah. But what you can do is give your employees enough. You know, if they've right. got the 80 or 90% down, you can trust them to make the right decision right. in the 10% that's consistent with your values and your culture and the way that you want your business to be perceived. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We used to have a, a thing in our business that as long as you, we, we used to have a decision-making hierarchy in the business so that decisions i pushed them as far as i could down the line down to the, the guys on the, the front line so that myself my business partner us up the top wouldn't get stuck with all the kind of small decisions and i, I had to implement that because i failed so many times by being the micromanager that was involved in every single damn decision in the business right. and the one of our rules was that we will never ever 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 come down on anybody in our business that makes a decision in line with our company values and it doesn't make work out Right. We will sit down and we'll sit with you guys and figure out what the root cause was that caused it not to work out. And we'll figure out how as a company we can learn from that. But you will never, ever, ever be made to feel bad. We will never have reprimand. We'll never anything like that. What will you will be reprimanded for is if you try and push decisions back up the line when you know you have complete authority to go and make them yourself though. But never, ever will we come down on you for trying to do something for the good of the company and it fails miserably. Right. We'll come down and well, we'll back you as a company. And that goes hand in hand with um, delegating authority. Right. If I'm going to give you, you, you go create the publication or the mailing and, and you handle the next marketing campaign. If I then come in and say, man, that's an ugly fault. And I pick every little thing. Yeah. You're going to be like, dude, why did you delegate this to me? You know, yeah. let, you know, and, and so part of it is, if somebody does something you don't, it's not 100% the way you would have done it, you kind of have to be okay with that if you yeah. want to grow your business. Correct. It's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, we went through a period where uh, when my brother was a service manager, uh, I actually was president of one of my companies, uh, he had a rule that uh, we have to have a, a whole service board in ConnectWise for things where Carl is the bottleneck. <laughs> <laughs> and his goal was to, to make that service board empty, like oh, love it. going to Carl for yeah. anything, right? And so, and actually, I think that was before he became president. After, right. after it was empty, then he became president. So Right. Then he had to put in his own service board for anything that manual is. Yeah, then we renamed the service board. Yeah. <laughs> manual is the, is the choke for it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, as you can tell, you and I both love growing businesses. I mean, yeah. it, that's a fun thing to do. Tell me about your levels of coaching because I know you do the one-to-many in the community, but then yeah. you have one-on-one that's, it's literally, it's, I don't want to say it's free. You do it as part of the community, but then you have some other paid stuff. We so. do, yeah. 
So in our, in our tribe, we've got our, our standard community, which is a, a low monthly fee or a yearly fee if you pay it yearly. Uh, in that, you get text-based coaching access to me. So it's, it's a private forum community thread that I talked about before where only you and, or only the person and I can see it. That's in our low level. Then we've got a higher level community or sorry, not a community, an accountability group called Tribal Masters. And that's, uh, there's only 12 in that. And we may increase the numbers in that over time. We've, we only launched it about five months ago now and we're still got it's our online thing the tribal masters it is it's not in person so we do weekly calls on that and their accountability calls and then they have direct access to me if they need to in between but it's a group group program where everybody uh runs through gets some accountability out there gets me as their support structure behind them just for people that are a little bit stuck and need a little bit of a, a help behind them push behind them right. point in the right direction support underneath them to get through things so we've got that at the moment I don't do any more one-on-one or anything at the moment. I may down the track, but at the moment, it's just those two programs, Tribal Masters and our tech tribe underneath it. Yep. I've gone to only doing uh, usually one or two clients where I do personal coaching because yeah. I got to write books. I got <laughs> to go to Australia. I, I yeah. have stuff to do. And it's really hard to try to give focused attention when, you're, when you don't have the attention. Correct. Sometimes I think it's easier to, for people who say Thursdays are my day for calls and then they just like they get in the, the mentoring mode, I guess. Yeah. That's my Tuesday. Some Tuesdays I have 10. Sometimes Tuesdays I'll coach 15 different MSPs on a Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Not my hour day. each, I hope. No, no, no. So because there's the two groups in there, we do a call Tuesday mornings and call Tuesday nights for ah. Tribal Masters guys. And so on each of those calls, there's typically five or six people. Uh, and then in between... Though I might do four or five uh, whenever and as a bit of a bonus for whenever anybody joins our tech tribe at the moment, I will we'll be changing this soon. But as a bonus, everyone gets a 20 minute coaching call with me as they join. We don't advertise it. Here's the first first time I've ever mentioned it out in the public. It's kind of a, <laughs> a special bonus that people get the minute they join. Um, wow. And I've done 200 and I think we're up to about 230 of them now. Wow. I absolutely love them. However, they're a little bit time taxing, especially for such a low price community to give away right. um, coaching like that. But I love them. And so they, they typically fill up Tuesdays and Thursdays as well as when we're out well, and the doors are open. We can well. edit this out when you decide that you need to add, you <laughs> yeah. know, three a day. Uh, for we'll all be charging for it very soon. It'll be a, a, an upsell as people join. We'll say, hey, would you like to jump on a quick 20 minute coaching call with Nigel to kickstart your tribal journey? It'll be X number of dollars or whatever it is. But now, free. <laughs> Should be doing it. I get kicked in the rear end by my coaches for doing it. And uh, but I, I love it. Love talking to the people out there and the people in our community. Yeah. Well, one of the dangers is that you could give away too much. But yeah. one of the ways that you and I both have figured out is sometimes we do we do free get-togethers with people. Uh, have usually it's over beers or uh, <laughs> uh, you know burgers. I'm never drinking beer with you again. <laughs> The only time I ever broke an Australian. <laughs> we won't go into that. We won't. That was 10 years ago now, though, so I have, I have well recovered. The hangover is just finally gone. The, the, that was so long ago that company's been bought. So <laughs> Exactly. They no longer exist on their yep. own. So uh, we only have a few minutes left, but let's, let's oh. ease people a bit that we're going to get together in Melbourne at the end of October and uh, do a little beer fest and, you know, we'll probably have another announcement related to that. So yeah, that'll 100%. be great fun. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do a little bit of a, a fun day for some people in there. I, I have to tell the world what happened yesterday. So uh, 
I mentioned, oh, it's Halloween, and you know we could do it on Halloween, and you said, what day is yeah. that? <laughs> what? what day is Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's October. I see you're an Aussies. <laughs> Now we celebrate it just a wee bit more than you do. Yeah, yeah. We are just starting to celebrate Halloween out here. Over the past four to five years, I'm going to say it started to get a bit of traction out here. And the yeah. kids are out on the streets now. And yeah. Well, last year I was there and I saw, and in October, and saw a little Halloween section in many, many stores. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a standalone, you know, Halloween store. We have these stores that are as big as a big box. You know, they take over an old Toys R Us or something. Yeah, and, like a pop-up. And it's all Halloween. Aye, aye. I don't know how they manage to rent it for two months out of the year, but they're all over the United States. Yeah, right. We haven't had them yet. We get pop-up Christmas stores that rent a space for two months of the year, and they sell Christmas stuff. And I suspect over time, as Halloween grows out here, they'll probably have some people pop up in those stores, those same stores to do their Halloween. Right. Uh, oh, that reminds me. I'm going to pack my Christmas um hawaiian shirts for australia because nobody gets mad if you have santa on your shirt at the end of october better wait till after thanksgiving so. uh, no out here it's, it's once easter finishes in april they kind of get the christmas <laughs> stuff out, out here now. It's getting so damned early it does get earlier every year so oh, yeah. yeah yeah okay well believe it or not we're out of time so do you have time any limit anything else you want to throw on the pile here before we go I am good to go. Uh, what we might do, did you want to mention a URL around this thing oh, we're yes. going to do in Melbourne? Yeah, so, so our get-together, we're going we're gonna to send some stuff out. So ping us, go to thetechtribe.com slash Melbourne2018, and I'm going to put that right down below so everybody will see it. We'll put something up there about whatever we come up with. No formalized plans yet, but we're going to come up with something cool for a select number of people. The minute we get off the air planning. here, we're going to put it together. <laughs> Start planning some stuff. <laughs> pre-sell, right. pre-sell, pre-sell. Exactly. Thank you very much for being here today. I certainly appreciate yeah, yeah. it as always. And I look forward to seeing you next month. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Bye, everyone.